Chapter Two of On an Irish Jaunting Car Through Donegal and Connemara by Samuel Gamble Bain. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recorded by Frank Lennon. Londonderry to Port Salon. We leave Derry with regret and take the train to Fahan. This brings us to the shores of Loch Swilly, where we embark on a ferry boat and cross the loch to Rathmullen. While crossing, I saw Buncrana, a short distance down the loch. This is a pretty village containing the castle of the Adorities, now in ruins, and near it the castle erected by Sir John Vaughan at a later period. Half a century ago, the latter became dilapidated, but it was restored and has since been rented for the season as an investment by the owner. One of my pleasantest recollections is the week's end visit I made many years ago to its then tenant. It had fine terraced gardens, its outer walls were skirted by a trout and salmon river, and there was a vast courtyard behind it with cell stalls for the cavalry horses and even a gallows on which to hang captured invaders, and many of them were hanged on this same gallows. It was not a pleasant outlook from one's bedchamber window, but then the victims had been a long time dead, and no trouble came from their ghosts. We soon arrived at Rathmullen, a historic spot where many things happened in the days of yore. It occupies a sheltered position at the foot of a range of hills that intervene between Loch Swilly and Mulroy Bay, of which the highest point is Crochanafrin, 1,137 feet. It is worthwhile to make an excursion either up this hill or Crochan, 1,010 feet, which is nearer, for the extraordinary view over the inlets and indentations of this singular coast will put the traveller more in mind of Norwegian fjords than British scenery. Close to it are the ivy-clad ruins of a priory of Carmelite friars, consisting of two distinct buildings erected at intervals of nearly two centuries, the eastern portion of which the tower and chancel remain was constructed by the McSweeney's in the 15th century. It exhibits considerable traces of pointed Gothic architecture. Over the eastern window there still remains a figure of St. Patrick. The architecture of the remainder of the building is of the Elizabethan age, a great part of it having been rebuilt by Bishop Knox of the Diocese of Rapo in 1618 on obtaining possession of the manor of Rathmullen from Turlock Og McSweeney. The annals of the four masters to which we will refer later states that in 1595 it was plundered by George Bingham, son of the governor of Connacht. McSweeney's castle is supposed to have stood west of the Priory, but it was destroyed in 1516. It was from here that the young Hugh O'Donnell was carried off in 1587 and kept a prisoner in Dublin until he made his romantic escape in 1591. 
In 1607, the Earls of Tyrone and Tyrconnell took their flight from Rathmullen in a small vessel. The entire number on board was 99, having little sea store and being otherwise miserably accommodated. After a hazardous voyage of three weeks, they landed at the mouth of the Seine. There is a monument in the courtyard to the memory of the Honourable William H. Pakenham, captain of the British man-of-war, Saldana, wrecked on Swilly Rock in 1811. Every soul on board was lost. The only living thing that reached the land was the captain's grey parrot, which the wind carried in safety to the rocks. Here, too, Wolfe Tone was taken prisoner on board the French frigate Ouche in 1798. Tone was a talented young Irishman and pleaded the Irish cause so eloquently in Paris that a fleet of 43 ships with 15,000 men was sent to Ireland in 1796, Ouche commanding. A tremendous storm scattered the fleet on the Irish coast and the ships returned to France in broken order. Nothing daunted, Tone again persuaded the French to give him a trial with a new fleet. They gave it, but this expedition was even more unfortunate than the first one, and the end of Tone's tragic career dated from his arrest on the shores of Loch Swilly. A few miles above, Loch Swilly divides into two forks, one running up to Letterkenny and another to Ramelton a little town located at the point where the River Lennon meets the tidal salt water. This interesting place is celebrated for the fine views it affords and for its salmon and trout fishing. I was exceedingly anxious to visit it, but time would not permit the shortest deviation from our rigid itinerary, as we had purchased a stateroom on the Utroria, sailing from Queenstown, on July the 28th. It was at Rathmullen that we hired our first jaunting car, and it might here be said that of all the vehicles ever invented, the modern Irish jaunting car holds first place for the use of the traveller. It is unique, and there is nothing that can take its place for an easy and comfortable lounging ride, when balanced by two passengers and a driver. It is now improved with a circular back and rubber tyres, while the very latest has a driver's seat behind, like a handsome cab. We can speak truthfully of the jaunting car after having tested its qualities for 350 miles on this trip, but would add that care is requisite in arranging for and selecting a car, as many of them are old and worn out. End of Londonderry to Port Salon